You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Because that's the way life is. Stacks and stacks of plates that Satan throws on us to try to get us to break. To try to get us to lose our faith or deny our faith or tap out. But Jesus tells his disciples, hey listen, this is the answer. Here's the word on how to deal with this trouble and temptation, it's the word pray. Say it again, what? Pray. Sometimes it feels like you just can't catch a break. It's one thing after the other, and it's all you can do just to keep going. Well, Jesus experienced this too. In the hours before he was arrested, Jesus was overwhelmed with anguish and struggle. In today's study of Luke 22, Pastor Dion reveals just how Jesus was able to make it through that time of despair and temptation. He turned to his father. Jesus prayed. He begged God for help and God gave Jesus what he needed, strength, hope, and encouragement. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 22 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Well, guys, we're in Luke chapter 22. It's the close of Jesus' ministry. And on the last evening of Jesus' public ministry, he prepared and invited his disciples into the upper room for one last meal. We call it the Last Supper. Say it out loud. What? The Last Supper. So, his ministry is coming to a close. On the last evening that he has to spend with the disciples, he prepared a place, invites them in to come for one last meal. But Jesus shared more than a dinner with his disciples. In the upper room, Jesus shared these things. Number one is, everybody say the word, revelation. Say it again, revelation. Jesus used the elements of Passover of the traditional meal, bread and wine, he used those elements to reveal the new plan of salvation through his broken body and his shed blood. He picked up the bread and he said, my body is going to be broken for you. This is the new way of salvation. My body, like this bread, is going to be broken for you. He also took the cup and said, my blood is going to be spilled, and this is a new covenant in my blood. It was a revelation to them, a new way of salvation being explained. Also in the upper room, Jesus gave them, everybody say the word, reflection. Say it again, reflection. In the upper room, Jesus announced that there was a traitor among them, not to condemn them, but to convict them. It was a chance for repentance. Jesus brought up the failure, the discrepancy, the sin, so that Judas might come to a place of conviction and repentance. See, no matter how deep our betrayal, Jesus is the God of second chances. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God for that. 
So it was a chance to reflect as Jesus said, hey, listen, someone in here is, is going to betray me. There was a chance. Jesus was giving them a chance to repent. He's the God of second chances. The third thing that happened in the upper room with Jesus and his disciples is he gave them a chance at what? Reformation. Said out loud, reformation. Before the Passover meal, Jesus tied a towel around his waist and washed his disciples' feet. Jesus taught them that their leadership shouldn't look like the way of the world, looking to be served, but to serve others. And he was giving them a chance at reformation. Change the way that you've seen it done. Change the way that maybe you think it's done. And do it this way. And the last thing Jesus shared in that upper room was, everybody say the number four, reinforcement. Say it out loud. Reinforcement. As they finished the Last Supper, they finished the meal, Jesus wanted His disciples, He kind of warned them that after He was gone, things will get tough they will face spiritual battles. So they need to gear up with two things, preparation and perseverance. So at the end of the supper, Jesus says, hey, listen, I want to warn you guys, I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to check out their, the mission that I, from here on out, I have to do alone. And we know what that was. But he said, but listen, I, after I'm gone, there's going to be a lot of challenges for you in your walking with God. So I want you to be prepared for the spiritual battles and I want you to gear up with perseverance. When the going gets tough, everybody said what? The tough get going, Jesus tells them. Now, Matthew in his Gospel tells us that Jesus and the disciples descended from the upper room singing. After those four things that Jesus shared other than the meal, there in the upper room, they descended from the upper room singing. Everybody say the word what? Singing. The traditional closing song for the Passover, the song they would have been leaving and singing, would have been Psalm 118. Here are a few lines from the song that they were singing from Psalm 118. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Enemies surround and attack me. They swarm around me like bees. They blaze against me like a crackling fire. My enemies do their best to kill me, but the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength and my song. All of this is the Lord's doing. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So they were singing this song as they descended, but when you listen to the lyrics, wow, the song describes exactly what Jesus is about to experience. It describes attack and abandonment and trial and torture and pain and death. This song, as they're singing it, encouraged Jesus not to fear what was about to come. 
This song reminded Jesus that what he is about to face is all a part of God's plan and that God's got his back. That's what this song reminded him of. So he should rejoice and be glad because this is the day that the Lord hath made. That's what that song would have reminded Jesus in spite of all that's out there, in spite of all that I'm about to face. God has ordained it. He's got my back. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Isn't that awesome, guys? See, God inspired that song over 800 years before Jesus. That song was written and inspired by God 800 years before Jesus. But the song was written for Jesus, for that very day that he would be singing it, to encourage and strengthen him to march toward God's plan. Good Christian songs do the same for us, don't they? They keep us moving, not with a beat, but with the verses of Scripture, with the theology in the lyrics. You know, like Toby Mac's song, Move, keep walking, you know? Another heartbreak day, feeling miles away. But he says, keep moving, keep walking. Look at your neighbor and say, keep moving, keep walking. Or how about, I got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart, what? overflowing because I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. Sing it! There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. Yeah! Enjoy the beat, but march to the lyrics. Move to the beat, but march to the message in the song. Let the lyrics encourage you inspire you, motivate you. I mean, that gives a whole new meaning to the statement, bust a move, right? In fact, look at your neighbor and tell him, bust a move, homie. Go ahead and tell him, bust a move, homie. Jesus busted a move there in the upper room as they're descending and he's singing this song. He marched down from the upper room and led his disciples to a garden. This garden was an olive tree orchard on the Mount of Olives. And this particular garden was called, everybody say the name, what? Gethsemane. Say it again, Gethsemane. So Jesus knows what he's about to face. And this song gave him inspiration. It gave him strength. It gave him encouragement that God has his back. And everything he's about to face is God's plan. And it kind of inspired him to bust a move to not stop, but to keep moving forward. And so he moved on his way to the place that he knew he would be betrayed, to that garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. So let's read it. Chapter 22, verse 39, and here's what it says. Coming out of the upper room, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him. In other words, every time they were in Jerusalem, Jesus always spent the evenings at the Mount of Olives in this particular garden. He came to the place and he said to them, 
Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then he sweat, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and he had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you enter temptation. So Jesus busts a move as he's being inspired to keep moving. And he leads his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus and his disciples walk down from the upper room across the Kidron Valley to Gethsemane. Everybody say the name again. What? Gethsemane. The name Gethsemane means pressure or duress. Gethsemane got its name because it was more than an orchard. It was a place where olives were pressed for their oil. It's a place where plate after plate of stone weights were stacked on the olives until their seeds cracked. And everybody say, ah, caramba. <sighs> and isn't that how it is? I wish we could stay in the upper room. Friends, food, laughter, learning, singing. But unfortunately... We have to exit the freeway and get back to the rest of the world. A world filled with, everybody say it, temptation and trouble. Listen, Satan will dial up the pressure to the breaking point, stacking weight after weight of anxiety and fear and debt and grief and sickness, and strife, and discouragement, plate after plate, stacking problem after problem, trying to get us to break, to deny the Lord, to abandon our faith. But Jesus gave us some instructions on how to deal with the pressure. We read it, here's the word, Jesus said what? Pray, everybody said out loud, what? Pray! that you will not give in to temptation. So Jesus knows what He's about to face, but He goes to the garden, the, the song encourages Him, He keeps moving forward, He takes His disciples to that place called duress, that place called pressure. Because that's the way life is. Stacks and stacks of plates that Satan throws on us to try to get us to break to try to get us to lose our faith or deny our faith or tap out. But Jesus tells His disciples, hey listen, this is the answer. Here's the word on how to deal with this trouble and temptation. It's the word pray. Say it again. What? Pray. You know, we can shout like David did in Psalm 144 verse 1. Here's what David said. Read it with me. Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. God taught David how to fight and He teaches us also. 
Jesus told us that prayer is the solution for temptation. When life gets too hard to stand, here's what you need to do. Everybody say it. What? Kneel. Jesus said, when you're under pressure, run to the Father. Say that out loud. What? Run to the Father. Petition Him. Plead with Him. Jump into His arms for help. That's what you need to do when you're under duress, when you're under pressure, when you're under the trouble, when you're being squeezed by temptation. Run to the Father. Say it again. Run to the Father. Where do some of you run when you're hurting, when you're in trouble? You run to the refrigerator for some ice cream? (laughs) To your phone to call a friend so you can vent? Do you run to the liquor store for a bottle or a dealer for a fix? Do you look for escape in the arms of a lover or on the couch of a therapist? All those places might seem appealing or helpful, but God is the only true rescue. Listen to what David said when he was perplexed with trouble. Psalm 121.1, read it with me. Shall I look to the mountains, God's for help? No. Everybody said, no. My help comes from the Lord who made the mountains and the heavens too. He will never let me stumble, slip, or fall. For He is always watching and never sleeping. Here's the next one. Psalm 46 verse 1. Read it with me. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So He will not fear when earthquakes come. We will not fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam and let the mountains tremble and the waters surge. God is our refuge and our strength. In the deepest and darkest of troubles, when you're tempted to quit, when you're tempted to forsake and abandon your faith, look to the Lord. It's an issue of surrender. It's an issue of dependence. Tell the Lord, I need you. Help me. I trust you completely. Tell the Lord those things. It's an issue again of Dependence of surrender. I need you. Help me. I trust you completely. You see, the key to victory over temptation is not to bind and loose, but to do this. Everybody say it. To submit in order to resist. Say it again. To submit in order to resist. That's the victory over temptation. That's the victory over trouble. The pastor of the first Christian church said it like this. James chapter 4 and verse 7. Read it with me. So give yourselves completely to God. Stand against the devil. And the devil will run from you. Come near to God and God will come near to you. Let's read it again. So give yourselves completely to God. Stand against the devil, and the devil will run from you. Come near to God, and God will come near to you. 
The power to resist is tied into your degree of surrender. I'm going to say that again because it's pretty important. Your power to resist is tied into your degree of surrender. The stronger your dependence on the Lord, the stronger your ability to resist the devil and his temptations. The closer you get to God, the closer He gets to you. You see it? The devil might catch you with your head down and he might be doing his happy dance because he thinks that he has defeated you. But this is his face when you raise your head and say, Amen. Huh? You had your head bowed and he thought he had you dead to rights. But he makes this face when you raise your head and say, Amen. You've been in prayer. Humble, dependent prayer quenches temptation. Humble, dependent prayer quenches temptation. Jesus didn't only tell His disciples what they can do to withstand temptation. He modeled it. He displayed it for them. In Gethsemane, Jesus was hit with wave after wave of pressure. Pressure so intense that Jesus sweat great drops of blood. It's called hematidrosis. That's pressure that is so extreme that the blood vessels in your sweat glands erupt. I think that some of you have maybe gone through some terrible or troubling times. But I could probably bet, and I'm not a betting person, that none of you have ever striven that much against something to the point that you sweat blood. But this is the intense pressure that Jesus went through there in Gethsemane. And it's interesting because nothing ever made Jesus sweat. Nothing. Turning water into wine being bullied by the religious leaders, curing the incurable. Jesus never saw... Uh, Never! Everybody said, never! He never sweat over raising the dead. Jesus was never nervous, never perspired in the sense of trying to get something done. He never strained. But on that night, Jesus was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Everyone was going to abandon him. He would be tortured and die a criminal's death. He was going to bear our sin and become a curse. He was going to be separated from his father. The devil was pressuring Jesus to quit, to abandon the mission. Yes, Jesus was squeezed beyond what is humanly possible to sustain. Jesus' life changed history. When he came to earth, everything people knew shifted, and a new way of interacting with God began. Jesus shows you how to live how to love, and how to devote yourself fully to sharing the truth of God's Word. As you continue to discover the details of your incredible Savior's life, we pray you long to be more like Him. 
Seek Him in all you do and let Him change your heart to be more like His. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Luke. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in this and the other Gospel books. Ask the Holy Spirit to accompany you as you read and point out the passages that He knows your heart needs to hear. We'd love to pray for you during this series as well, so please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us again next time right here on The Simple Truth. for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we